Hello, and welcome to Execute Chapter 66, a Star Wars fiction podcast where we discuss canon, legends, and beyond. Tonight, we are heading back into the beyond for a recap of the Book of Boba Fett. We have a cavalcade of stars joining us tonight, but of course, starting out, we have Chad J. Shank and Ryan Schweck. Over to you, Chad. Hey, dummies. Uh, we're going to spoil this show. In fact, it just ended today and we're recording about it tonight and we're going to spoil it. So if you're listening to this and you haven't watched the show, what the hell are you doing? That has been your spoiler warning. Uh, Ryan, news. We have a premiere date and a poster for Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's going to come out on May 25th. Of course, the fun of this is Disney got... That's my birthday present. (laughs) Well, did you see why they had to release it? No. So a guy that worked for Disney Plus accidentally tweeted it. Oops. (laughs) Whoopsie daisy. (laughs) So a couple of days ago, yeah, Disney Plus guy, uh, when they were announcing, because going along with that, they're also going to do a... Obi-Wan Kenobi comic at Marvel um, that takes place. It's not exactly clear, but it looks to be a in-between McGregor Guinness comic. And so they were announcing that, and then he tweeted about the show. So, you know, whoops. Speaking about the other Disney Plus things and people screwing up, <laughs> Stellan Skarsgård, who I didn't even realize was on Andor. And oh, that's neat. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure they're real not happy with him either right now. But in an interview, uh, went ahead and let it slip that there will be a season two and that it's filming in the fall. Hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. Got a bunch of, of freaking Tom Holland's out I was going to say, if Tom Holland's okay, I'm sure that the rest of them will be all right. But none of them are the star of the biggest movie ever. Eh. Spider-Man might end up being. Mm-hmm. Other Obi-Wan Kenobi news. So Rupert Friend looks like, you know, we've we've heard rumors the Inquisitors are showing up on Obi-Wan Kenobi and the Grand Inquisitor will be played by Rupert Friend. So I saw that. Lots of Disney Plus news tonight. They did confirm Hayden is going to be in Ahsoka. I know we had talked about that last time, I think. Kind of wondering, like, we knew that they had announced he would be on Obi-Wan, but they did go ahead and confirm he'll be on Kenobi too. I thought Rosario confirmed it. Did, didn't she? Well, Remember she tweeted it. She tweeted out that picture of the two of them. Yeah. She tweeted it and they never really said anything about it. <laughs> and so now yeah, they came yeah. out and they were like, yeah, all right, it's happening. <laughs> Let's see what else. Oh, other like fake hollow. The rumor is right now that there's going to be a live action show aimed at kids and it's going to take place in the high Republic. Is it going to be about Ram Jam Ram? I hope so. <laughs> Because then I can sing it the whole time. Oh, Ram Jam Ram. <laughs> Who put the Ram in the Ram Jam Ram? <laughs> uh, so, you know, that's when who knows if they're going to do that one or not. What else? Over in collecting news, I am not going to go into all the reveals and all the hazards messing up right now. Um, and if you would like to hear all about it, there's going to be an episode of Needless Things in a few weeks where we talk about it at length. Um, but the exciting thing for Black Series, they are finally going to do a Saw Gerrera, um, and he is going to be Rogue One Saw Gerrera. 
So I'm really looking forward to that. A- Alias Sakura is going to come out finally. Darth Maul from season seven of Clone Wars. Nice. Um, so there's some good ones coming soon. Nine Nub? No, Nine Nub. They did release today a uh, vintage collection playset. Well, it will go on pre order tomorrow. And it's like this giant throne room set. Um, it's $229, comes with a whole bunch of junk. But the exciting part, and does make me kind of sad I don't collect the three and three quarters, is that it comes with a big Fortuna. <laughs> Just a little, little fat Fortuna action figure. <laughs> Bib Fat Tuna? I really want it, but... <laughs> I, want a bl- I want a Black Series Bib Fat Tuna. Yeah, I'm hoping they put that out. But yeah, that's pretty much all the, the big things in the news this week. What is going on in the world of the funny books? High Republic number 14 by Kevin Scott and uh, Ario Anandito. I always have a hard time with his name. I apologize. It shows us the capture and almost murder of Lorna D by Avar Chris and ends with them returning to Starlight just in time to blow it up. So all that stuff we were that we were wondering about in the uh, in the book, like where is it and what's going on? It's all in the comics. And that was pretty quick in the comics then, huh? Like it does. The take down of the Nile in an issue or two. High Republic Trail of Shadows, uh, number five of five. Uh, Emmerich, Emmerich and Cian kind of wrap up their story. I'm now 99% sure that what we saw in the last issue is in fact one of the leveler creatures. This actually book actually gives them a name. But but it also kind of seems to imply that different Jedi see it differently. So it may be shown in the comic as one thing, but I but each Jedi sees it a different way. It also ends with them arriving at Starlight Beacon just in time for the fun. Uh, outside of High Republic, we got Crimson Rain number two by Sewell and Cummings. Kira's plan is starting to come into focus. Uh, we learned something really interesting about the assassin known as Death Stick, um, about her background. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really kind of, I don't know. I've been enjoying it so far. Darth Vader 20 by Pack and uh, Ioneko is part of Crimson Rain. Actually, Sabe is kind of the lead character of this issue. Vader is uh, committing his second violent purge as he is going through the Empire looking for Crimson Dawn agents and then just cutting them in half. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. But because uh, he's been given an edict by the Emperor to weed Crimson Dawn out of the Empire and Vader is taking that very seriously. But that's it. That's all that came. Oh, actually, no, that's not true. I had missed it. You had asked about it, Ryan. There was a Bausch one shot in War of the Bounty Hunters. Yes. That I had missed. And I went back and read it. And it's really good. It is. I've read it. It's really good. Yeah, I was very interested in her little, or he, I don't know if we ever see, but the gang of other. Ubies. Ubies, yeah. Of the Ubies. Yeah, the Ubies in, in Expanded Universe were always kind of a mysterious race. Mm-hmm. And they kind of they kind of brought that into the comic. But I just thought I'd bring that up because I had caught that. I was like, oh, that did come out. And it ended up being way better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I enjoyed that one. And because tonight is a special episode, we have many, many special guests. First off, super friend to the show, Gary Mitchell. Hello, Gary. Hello. It's good to be here. Welcome back. Always a pleasure to, to talk Star Wars with you guys. Another good friend of the show, Arian Gulick. Welcome back, Arian. Hey, kids. How's it going? A friend we have not had in a while, Pete Reddington. Welcome back as well. Howdy, howdy. And new friend of the show, Keith Cooper. Hi, Keith. Hey, hey. hey. First time caller. 
Were you a longtime listener? He didn't say that. No. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. And we have gathered everyone here tonight to talk about the book of Boba Fett. Episode number 101, Stranger in a Strange Land, directed by Robert Rodriguez. So just to remind you what happens in it. Uh, Bubba holds court. He accepts tributes from most Espa locals. He and Fennec go into town and meet Jessica Beals, which is pretty cool. Uh, they, Jennifer Beals, sorry. <laughs> um, not Jessica Beals, Jennifer Beals. Uh, they get attacked by assassins. And in the flashbacks, Boba escapes from the Sarlacc, gets his armor stolen by Jawas, and is rescued by the Tuscans. And of course, he earns their respect by killing a weird, like, four-armed desert monster. What does Boba want in the, out of this? Like, we, we come in and he has taken over. He's trying to take over Jabba's empire. But what does he want to do? I mean, it's not clear. He says that he wants to run things better because... The criminal overlords always do a crappy job, but like he, as we see as the series progresses, doesn't really do that great of a job in a lot of respects. Uh, so I don't know what he wants. Th- this episode uh, was cool because, like, it's like, hey, what if we one day found out how Boba Fett got out of the Sarlacc pit? So now we kind of know. I'm a sucker for like just any sort of Star Wars lore. So finding out stuff about the uh, the Sand People, excuse me, Tuscan Raiders, is a I don't I don't want to be culturally insensitive to our uh, Tuscan listeners. Uh, that was cool, but like I don't know if it needed to be a TV show. Like it could have been. <laughs> supplementary material like books, comic books, video games. Like, I don't know that it made for the best television show. Oh, I liked seeing inside the Sarlacc. That like, you know, that, that was cool, but like, that was like a five minute segment. Like it doesn't, it didn't even really make an episode of a TV show. So I, I thought the first show was uneven. We've seen how many cracks there are in the Mandalorian armor, and so the acid just ate nothing? It it couldn't get past the armor to get around to the soft spots? I mean, it wasn't clear how long he was in there. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. That's what I think. Like, we didn't see how long he was in there, and that certainly did not look like a definition of pain that I was led to believe by (laughs) Java and C-3PO. Wait, you mean intergalactic uh, criminal bosses lie? Yeah, he kind of talked it up. I just want to know where that stormtrooper came from. Yeah, I want to. I I had that question too. I guess that's where Java just gets rid of the bodies in general, right? Yeah, Yeah. it's like, if you watch Yellowstone, that's the the cliff from Yellowstone. (laughs) (laughs) I'm learning about that cliff now. I don't know. they got to get off Tatooine. That's my first thing. <laughs> oh, like, yes. Just in Star Wars in general, we've got to yes. get off Tatooine because, you know, Tatooine, yeah, we knew there's gangsters there and stuff goes on. But, you know, Luke, I don't think he'd be such a hurry to get off with all this excitement going on. Don't we have criminals and gangsters and underworld dealings in the rest of the galaxy? I mean, on Coruscant, the, the heart of the Star Wars universe – there's there's a whole portion of the planet that's this underworld gangster thing. Who cares what's going on on Tatooine? It's it's a pointless planet. It's time to move away from it. Do you know how expensive it is to make Coruscant? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and how Fair cheap enough. it is to Fair make Tatooine? Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I, I will stand up for Tatooine uh, to a degree because it it is the center of the Star Wars galaxy, like like it's a Star Wars storytelling. 
in the in the in the original trilogy when lucas decided to make uh the prequels he brought us back to tatooine multiple times it's obviously an important planet to lucas yeah and force and so, is strong I, I must, it. it is it, it is you know yes luke thinks it's the far the farthest thing from the bright center of the universe but to me it's like i don't know it's it's a it's a tip it's a tipping point kind of system well luke's not involved in spice running so he probably doesn't know how important it is no he's farming water well uh, Do you know how boring farming water must be so let's talk about that first nerd nitpicky thing why you got to farm water if there's these little plants that are just buried or whatever those things are that you can just drink from? Like, Ancient Tuscan secret. Yeah. Well, they, they make a point of saying that it tastes. Yeah, they, they do well, say it's not good. Yeah, they ta- they say in there it tastes terrible. It's like an acquired taste, I think, is what he uses at one point. Are you going to drink from ground coconuts? From sand coconuts? Listen, man, I have drank like bottom shelf liquor and worst <laughs> beers in the world for most of my adult life. So probably, yeah. Yeah. If I'm stuck out in the desert, I'm, I'm drinking whatever. Yeah. But is there enough of those to the, to like sustain a population? Sure. There may be enough like for a small tribe, but for a city. Got to farm that water. I still go back to Ryan's point is where the, where's the oxygen coming from? Exactly. <laughs> to make the water but that's where's know. all the wood coming from from all the fires they have out in the desert all the night shots they've all got a big bonfire and they're burning things where are these trees <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're in the the spirit realm that Boba yeah. Fett goes to to get his Kathy's thing <laughs> the world between worlds we'll talk about that next we'll talk about that soon <laughs> we'll talk about Boba's ayahuasca trip oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, whatever world there's mushrooms are on I want to go there Tatooine has peyote. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that doesn't surprise Don't tell me. Joe Rogan. It's spice. It's spice. So I, I guess my, my biggest problem with this first episode, and I, I did enjoy it, but my biggest problem with the first episode is not the flashbacks. I think the flashbacks are fine. It, it is that that current level story, and I think we're is the present day story. And I think we're going to learn as the show goes on that Favreau and company had less and less confidence with the main story. Then uh, as the series went along, I think they lost confidence in the story they were telling because it's really only got like three beats, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's Boba wants to be crime lord. Someone challenges them. He fights them. The end. These current day stuff, they move at kind of a glacier pace, while the flashbacks tend to be a little more interesting to me, at least. Well, the the flashbacks are like lore. Really looking at the, I'm maybe jumping ahead, but looking at the story overall, there is not a lot to that main current day storyline it could the whole if you just cut it to the main day storyline that's like an episode and a half now it's a good for me it's a good episode and a half because it's nice to see star wars lean into the western side of star wars uh you know we always see it lean heavily on the samurai side but to see it go to the western side real hard especially the like i said jumping ahead but again it's i think that's kind of why they had to do the flashbacks because they realized that as you put it Chad, it's like three beats boom we're done okay we got six more episodes to fill yeah, I, I want to go back to the Sarlat pit. Um, I wish I would have spent more time with it. I mean, we we just we just we've heard all you know what happens while you're down there, but I don't know. It just it just seemed kind of anticlimactic to me about how he got out. I just wish I would have spent more time with it. Like I could have easily watched a good five ten minutes of of a struggle, <laughs> or watch somebody else getting like just destroyed in it, and then pan up to Boba coming out. We didn't have a lot. We didn't have a lot of reference other than the story that we heard from Jabba the Hutt. 
it just kind of seemed like he kind of woke up after getting beat up by a blind guy and crawled out of the pit. And we don't really know how long he was in there. We had no way to reference what he was doing. Time is going to be a problem with this show in general, I would say. is the Time, amount of time, time is passes. a problem in Star Wars in general. That's true. That's true. But this this has one, I think, very specific problem that we'll talk about in the next episode time wise that I'm not I'm not quite sure about. My biggest disappointment with the Sarlacc real quick was that there were no there were no Nikto. There were no weak ways. Like there was just one stormtrooper. Like where's everybody that fell in there with him? Boba doesn't have the budget of the Mandalorian. (laughs) (laughs) So Keith, you you wanted to see more people get disintegrated or you wanted to see more time disintegrating? You wanted to see Boba Fett getting out of there like he's playing Dig Dug? (laughs) You you wanted to see more disgusting face melting? Well, they they, they sit there and talked about it, you know, in like a return. You know, they just sit there. I mean, um, Jabba's talking about. You will therefore be taken to the Dune Sea and cast into the pit of Karkoon. The nesting place of the all-powerful Sarlacc. Doesn't sound so bad. In his belly, you will find a new definition of pain and suffering as you are slowly digested over a thousand years. Second thought, let's pass on that, huh? And then, you know, we've had all these years to think about it and just, man, man, Sarlacc sucks. And then when it finally get to see something like that, all we get is a Stormtrooper helmet and Boba like kind of crawled his way out. Burns his way out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he does the bit with, I'm still trying to figure out exactly what he took out of the Stormtrooper armor. It's like, I've never known that the Stormtrooper armor had, had the life support, life support system there like that. Yeah, they do. They do. Yeah. And, but yeah, what, exactly. What did he do? And then he just shoots his way out the neck. Apparently it's like, he's the only person that went in there not dead. <laughs> or the only reason he survived was the... The, you know, the magic armor. Well, he didn't have plot armor before this show. Everybody has plot armor now. To be fair, in the expanded universe, this is the exact same way he came back. He uh, just cut a hole on the side of the Sarlacc. That, that was established in the Dark Empire comic back in 92, 3? Is that when Dengar saved him? Uh, no, he saved himself. They never showed it. They just referenced the fact that, that he shows up in the comic, and it's a great moment in the comic. And he shows up at the comic and he just mentioned something about how he blasted his way out of the side of the Sarlacc or something like that. It was it was just a throwaway line, but it's it's the same idea. I guess it was to establish that he he's Boba Fett, that he's the only guy that can do this. It's also a question, though. I mean, I think it's a question going in that they wanted to show you how he go, went from, you know, I know everyone here has a differing opinions on the character, but I think what he wants to show you is the, how he gets from the character in the movies and, and that we've met in the comics and everything to the character we've met on the Mandalorian. And so I think it's necessary to kind of bridge that gap a little bit because they are vastly different characters. And I think they really needed to show that and show the difference. I feel like I could have gotten him being a different person without the Sarlacc pit stuff. I, I don't think I needed to see him dig his way out of the Sarlacc. I don't think I needed to see him and Fennec Shand go back and blow up the Sarlacc. I, don't skip ahead. Well, I know. <laughs> I, I'm just saying. I'm just, I'm just I know, saying. I, I, I don't think I needed to see that to show that it was a different person. I, I feel like I could have. It's Star Wars. It's space magic. I just will believe that he escaped. Yeah, but you know there are thousands of nerds who've been waiting to see him blast his way out. I I know. I'm also not as interested in Boba Fett as many of the other thousands of Star Wars nerds. There, there's also I I I think in the first several episodes, the flashbacks are the best part of the show. 
Um, mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll get to that in yeah. the second one. I don't think it, well, we'll get to yeah more of the flashbacks in a minute, but. This show is a lot about fan service. I mean, it, it I, I think it was. And some of it's amazing. Some of it is amazing. Yeah. And some of it is in the episodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, speaking of episodes, let's move on to episode two. Uh, obviously, this is all cumulative, so you, you talk back. But uh, episode two, Tribes of Tatooine, or as I call it, Dances with Banthas, <laughs> <laughs> or or this is or Under the Tuscan Sun. That's so much better um, than mine. This is directed by Steph Green. Um, Boba and Fennec go into town to meet with the mayor, who's this crazy Athorian dude. Uh, they run into the huts known as the Twins. We get the first appearance of Black Kersantan. Uh, from the comic books, very exciting. In the flashbacks, Boba learns the gaffy stick from the um, the Tuscans. He uh, messes up some fools at the Tashi, sta- Tashi station. I want to talk about mm-hmm. that scene. Uh, steals and steals their speeders, and he leads the Tuscans on the bikes to take down the Pike Syndicate spice train. He goes on a hallucinogenic trip into the desert. And when he comes back, they make him a full Tuscan. This was some of the stuff I absolutely loved. You could give me Boba Fett as a Lawrence of Arabia. This could have been the entire series for me. Was him being a Tuscan and running around in, the, in this desert. And we had a train job. Every every series is improved by having a train job. And it was very cool seeing the pikes in live action. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, the pikes look good. I really liked it. Even the weird drug lizard running up your nose. That was kind of... You know, that, that was amazing. That was, yeah. Um, do you guys know where I can score some drug lizards? Yeah. You got any, li- you got any lizards, man? I see Joe Rogan. <laughs> oh, no. Never, never mind. This is my favorite episode of the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. Um, of the five episodes of the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. For me, there's a really good story. There's a good story in that Tuscan storyline that they get away from. And I think, you know, we were just talking about like uh, how if they get away from it or if it just doesn't last well, long enough. It's, it's not that they get it away doesn't. from it. Well, they don't commit to it enough that you want a story of how Boba Fett, you know, turns from lone bounty hunter to wanting, you know, to have all these people around. You know, that's it. It just mm-hmm. wasn't there long enough. And I, again, we have a timing issue. I mean, this had to have taken place over what? He had to be with them for four years. Four or five years. Yeah. Yeah. I think they could have used, I wish they had used ARC from Kenobi. I think just as service. Plug guy. Yeah. Yeah. But there's like a really like, I I do think that would have been interesting. You've got a guy who's been alone forever. He's a clone. So he's not even a person or he can have stuff with that and like finding family and all. He can't even have mommy issues. Yeah. (laughs) He's a birthing tank. Yeah. There's a whole lot of stuff there that they could have done and they just, move away from it or it goes by so fast but not in this episode though not in this one but just in general i wanted the big main tuscan guy to be like sherrod het i thought that would have been an awesome thing i mean if we're but he's not if you're gonna give us fan service give me some damn fan service that's episode six is the fan service episode he's not living with all the tuscans he's living with a particular tribe of tuscans and they they make that very clear with the way they dress and the way they kind of dress them up that they these are the tuscans that anakin went and murdered because they stole his mom these are clearly a different tribe and i love this tribe I love yeah. that tribe. I need action figures of like half that crew. Uh, I was a big fan of the Spice Train because one, it was very reminiscent of um, because when it first comes through, they just start indiscriminately shooting out the window. And I don't know if you, how much you know about your Western history, but we did that. Yeah, yeah, that was absolutely a thing. 
to massacre the buffalo in order to starve the Native Americans. It reminded me the, of a scene in Band of Brothers. They do that. They're riding on a train through Europe and they're shooting cows and they get mad because they're shooting somebody's cows. Oh, George, not the livestock. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love the Tuscan stuff in this. I agree with Ryan. It should feel like it takes over five years and it doesn't feel that mm-hmm. way. I wish there was more dissolves even. <laughs> you know, you could just use dissolves to show the passage of time. I don't know. It, it feels like it happens way too quickly. Or show him go full native. Like, I think that would be interesting. I think he kind of does. Yeah, a little I bit. I think he does, but like they should have shown more like him traveling through the desert with other Tuscans and like hunting with other Tuscans. And- There's nothing wrong with a good montage. There really isn't. It didn't feel like his robes and his clothing got any dirtier. Or they they looked the same. That that was one of my issues with the show. That I felt the show in a, as a whole looked a little too clean. I think it would have been a really cool scene if they had gone through the whole thing and they wrapping. Like he ends up in the wraps. And then have him, once they murder all of them, have him unwrap again. Like, that would have been a visual. I think that would have been cool. And when they were talking about, you know, all the different tribes, and we've been here on Tatooine since before it was a desert, I was really expecting that to come into play at the end, that he, like, reaches out to another tribe or something, and it just went nowhere. That's one of my complaints about the show, is that it's like, they do all this world building and giving us a history on the Raiders, and then dropping it. Oh, the amount of, the amount of times they mentioned that Tatooine used to be a lush water-filled world and not come back to that at all. I was like by the end of this show there's going to be oceans and fish and tropical everything. <laughs> no. It's got to happen. How many of you were familiar with Black Crescenton? I was. Not at all. Not at all. I, I hadn't I hadn't read this uh, comics. Yeah. Which, which comics is he in? I didn't read the comics, but because I don't have time to read the comics because I'm reading the books, I've read all the Wikipedias, and I knew who he was. And I, when he, yeah. when I saw him, I said, "Oh, that's that guy." When I first saw him, I thought it was going to be Hanhar. That's that was the first thing I thought. Yeah, Blacker Santa's from the um from the Darth Vader comics, and from more specifically the Doctor Aphra stuff. She's uh, a Doctor Aphra okay. character. He's in that little sphere. I, I love when he makes his appearance because he is exactly what he looks like. <laughs> Which is a big, scary Wookiee. You can bring as many gladiators as you wish. But these are not the death pits of Durr, and I am not a sleeping Trandoshan guard. And I thought uh, I thought they did a really good job of presenting a character that, even if you had never heard of him, he made an impression right away. He is one of the three, four times I've audibly squealed and annoyed my fiance while watching the show. <laughs> yeah, I was very up. excited. I was very excited. How do we feel about Tuscans on speeders? That was funny. Um, I've, <laughs> having read the Obi-Wan book, um, Tuscans are used to technology. I don't, I don't think that's anything outrageous. It would like... It'd be like seeing an Amish guy on a motorcycle. I, I feel like that's, that's the best thing I could like. They know it exists. Yeah, they know it exists. They're not dumb, but. Oh, that moment where he's like telling him how to go forward and backwards and he goes backwards instead. I, I don't know. It made me laugh. I don't yeah, care. That was a laugh. little silly for me. Like a little Ewok. And this episode had another great cameo uh, of the Tashi station. Yeah. Uh, oh. But also two characters in the Tashi station. Old friends. Cammy and Fixer are old friends from the New Hope deleted scenes. Um, they did an amazing job with the casting. Mm-hmm. They did an amazing yeah. job with the casting on Cammy and Fixer and the wardrobe and everything. Like I recognized them immediately. Yep, so good. 
you know, like they live in the sticks and everyone wants to get away, but some people, they stay home and Cammy and Fixer, they stayed home, you know, and they're living with these gangs and all this stuff. And I, I thought that was really cool. And just seeing their names in the credits and, and canonizing them, I guess, was really cool. This one too had a lot of good uh, Ralph McQuarrie yeah. based, like a lot of the Tatooine and Tuscan stuff that's from the original concept art. There are a couple of scenes in this one that are directly from the concept art. Yeah. And I also have to say it was very deliberate to me that they made sure that we all knew that these bikers were dirtbags. I mean, we'd seen them roughing up people before, but they made sure in the bar that we knew it was okay for Boba to beat the crap out of these guys. Yeah. Yeah. And, and later, you know, hunt them down and murder <laughs> them, them. Shoot them from the air by his starship. Disintegrate them. Which yeah, uh, when, when yeah, we exactly. get to the last episode, I have a I have a huge issue with the last episode, but we'll we'll get into that. I'm just gonna say from personal experience, if you are gonna have a fight with bikers, it's best to do it from a vehicle where they can't get back at you. One day I want to hear that story. Uh chapter three. The Streets of Mos Espa, again, directed by Robert Rodriguez. This is where the show takes a little bit of a lull, in my opinion. Um, what are you talking about? Ste- the mods show up. Uh, <laughs> 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 I'm ready. Let me get there. Steven Root shows up to tell Boba he isn't respected in Mos Espa. Uh, Boba recruits a gang of unruly youths with brightly colored speeders. Black Chrysanthemum is hired to kill Boba. He is defeated by said teenagers. The huts leave town, leaving Boba a rancor, a rancor as a gift that Boba then pledges to ride. More on that later. Boba's brat pack chase down the mayor's aide. And then in the flashback, Boba goes into town and meets with the Pikes. And when he comes back, the Tuscan camp is destroyed and they've all been killed. So, Pete, you got to love the speeders, right? Yeah, man. They're... <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Did, did you say speeders or reasonable scooters. pace bikes? The scooters? Ah. <sighs> Yeah, scooters. Oh, Vespa. Pete, these are your favorite. You love these. Oh, space Vespa. You like the blue one. Oh my god, these and and to even call them mods on top of everything else <laughs> was just so they're a bunch of teenage kids that are pissed that there's no money or jobs or water to go around, but their clothes do not have a speck of dirt on them. They ride these souped up, souped up, not souped up, fancied up Vespas. And they pay all of this money to get body modifications done. Their priorities, and maybe it's just me being an old parent now. Their priorities, their priorities are so out of whack. I was like, like they were complaining that the guy was charging for water, and I was like, he's got a family to feed. You know, maybe it's a little expensive, but you know, get a job. Well, I was, I was so that like. It, it didn't even occur to me that they were called mods at that point, that I was just already disgusted with them. They were using all the water to uh, uh, clean their uh, little mod vehicles with. I'm just sad that Steven Root didn't show up to Boba Fett's palace and ask, have you seen my water? <laughs> <laughs> How have we not mentioned Matt Berry yet? Matt Berry oh. is the droid. Uh, da- is Daytona droid? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What do we know of this prisoner? He is of the Order of the Night Wind. Assassin for hire. Very expensive. Overpriced. You're paying for the name. Their reputation is legendary. There is no way this one will talk. I know of their reputation. They're just people in hoods. There is no way he will talk. They fear no man. Um, I, I was bothered by the mods 
just in general, and I get that people have cybernetic implants of some kind or another, and yet this felt to me like a William Gibson neuromancer nightmare. It was so cyberpunk, it hurt. It felt so out of place. You know, I understand Luke Luke has a hand that, you know, got cut off and he got a robotic hand. And Fennec Shan has... Yeah, Fennec you know, half of her body. But cybernetic oh, fine, though. Uh, like, just fine. like that said, this was so William Gibson on the nose, cyberpunk. It, it felt so... It would have looked great in the mid-90s, but in this particular story... It felt so out of place. I would my biggest problem with them, and I, I don't hate them as much as you guys, but my biggest problem with the mods and with what we're going to see in the next episode is exactly what you're talking about. There's got to be this cyberpunk world in Star Wars, right? There's got to be a cyberpunk side of things, right? Where people are getting modifications, where people are getting these enhancements. However, it doesn't feel like they did any work to make it Star Wars, right? The but this scene and the scene in the next episode. They, 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 like you said, they, they come out of a William Gibson novel. They come out of the standard cyberpunk playbook, and it feels like they didn't do enough work to make it a Star Wars. I, I'm totally down to see a Star Wars version of cyberpunk, but these, sure. this wasn't a Star Wars yeah. version of cyberpunk. This was other cyberpunk in my Star Wars story, and they didn't, they didn't do the work, in my opinion, to make it unique. You got cyberpunk in my Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. You got Star Wars in my cyberpunk. And I don't mind that. Hey. But, but show show me one show me something that's specific to this world and not Right, like that that would have been advantageous for them to have. Your robot eye isn't helping you on the streets, you know. Of of this and they they make such a point that Tatooine is such a backwater hick planet that they they don't feel right in. I probably wouldn't have batted an eye if, again if it was Coruscant, yes. but this is Tatooine. This is this is the making of. <laughs> sorry, sorry for whoever was in bacon, but Valdosta, Valdosta. It's it, this is supposed to be. Yeah, sorry. Well, the sad part is, is like most of them didn't even seem to do anything cool. Not not useful at all. It almost felt kind of hot topicy. Um, <laughs> Like, like they just, they got the cool arm because it was on the rack. It didn't do anything. It didn't, it didn't benefit them. They could have kept their normal arm, uh, but they got the shiny red arm because it was cool. Cause it was hanging on the rack. Cause the guy had it. Out of dead Kennedy's t-shirts. Yeah. Isn't that what they were saying they were doing was they were just, they were uh, getting these implants and stuff just because, just because they, not because they, they needed it. Well, yeah, but it's, it's like this, like maybe because this is a background, maybe this was the, the trend on Coruscant 10 years ago and it just finally hit oh, Tatooine. Yeah. These are a bunch of bored teenage, college age with nothing else to do. What do you want to do today? Let's shoot another womp rat. No, let, let's uh, let's replace our body parts. What else are we going to do? It's like space. It's space Idaho. Kind of leading into that from the punks, we should go ahead and fold in the next one. Chapter four, The Gathering Storm, directed by Kevin Tancherone, um, the brother of Marissa Tancherone, who ran, was the showrunner of uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She also, oh. she was also in Dr. Horrible. He, he, oh, yeah. Her. He directed Mortal Kombat Rebirth um, mm. and the Fame remake. Um, right. Boba hires Black Chrysanthemum uh, to uh, join his gang. Um, he holds a summit with Tatooine crime lords. That's pretty much all that happens in the current story. In the flashback, Boba finds Fennec Shand, takes her to a cyberpunk mod shop to save her life, he recruits her to help him get his ship back, and then after taking his ship back, he uses it and kills the swoop gang that killed the Tuscans. And uh, and then he attempts to find his armor and the Sarlacc in a scene that I thought was quite comical. 
Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so Keith, were you okay with this cyberpunk scene? Uh, yeah, it was good. I mean, it was it was fun. At least we got to see like um, uh, finally get to see Boba's ship. Uh, we, we and I, yeah. I, I, I I liked how it was starting to move along. Um, like he actually hired somebody because before you know, like he's trying to be this crime boss, and and there's nobody hanging out at his palace. There's no one coming to him. Well, there uh, are the two half naked Gamorans. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but they're working. They're. <laughs> They're working with it, but usually, yeah, I like, I'm not usually. Um, it's their coworkers. Yeah, it's coworkers. He's just in this empty palace. Nobody's showing up. No one's coming. The, the only person that actually came there to uh, hire him to do anything, uh, he ended up turning against him and hiring the mods, the people that were robbing him. I, I believe that the head mod artist was played by the um, the musician Thundercat, if anybody knows him. I'm old. I don't know. Is he, is he a DJ? No, he's more of a neo soul type of no, uh, guy. Yeah. That, sounds <laughs> that sounds very new. I'm too old for that. I like the sequence of them going to get the ship back, but are we supposed to believe it's been sitting there for five years? Apparently. They, they put a they put a tarp over it. Maybe he's got a key for it. <laughs> yeah, Bib Fortuna never sold it for like <laughs> for scrap. The Jawas ripped apart Dinjarin's ship in like two seconds. But uh, maybe it was a prize to him. It was kind of like his little trophy. That could he, be. I mean, if, if uh, Boba Fett was just popular, named ship. His ship was apparently just parked at Jabba's palace from Return of the Jedi until present day. So, like, the Jawas weren't going in there to rip stuff apart. Right, but you would think Boba, uh, not Boba, uh, Bib Fortuna would uh, have said, hey, so uh, what can I get for this scrap? I mean, I, th- I feel like the only thing Bib Fortuna did when we saw, when we see him, like, at the end of season two of Mandalorian briefly. He is pretty he, chunky. Yeah, he, uh, he, he he's, chonked he's, out. He's chonked. Uh, so he was eating Kowaki and monkey lizards and oh, just not Oh, Lord, attention. he's coming. <laughs> so, fun thing we learned from the toys actually today. And when Bib takes over, he has installed a spit roast behind the throne. Hell yeah! And I went back and looked at it. It's there. Damn so right. Apparently, he uh, needed some meat while he was hanging That's out. That's how you lost. Yeah, I mean, if I could have a barbecue next to my workspace, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I would get very fat very quickly if I had easy access. To like pulled pork whenever I wanted. Pulled monkey lizard. Yeah, what must monkey lizard taste like? Yeah, it's gotta be chicken. Yeah. It's gotta be chicken. I like that nobody has a problem with Bib Fortuna all of a sudden anymore because he had a spit roast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he actually put a chair up on Jabba, Jabba's dais, so you know. Um, I learned in this episode that apparently Lando has super strength because if you remember in Return of the Jedi, the Sarlacc just couldn't pull him down. He could like, you know, he's trying to get him and he's still clawing his way up. Meanwhile, it grabs the ship that won't be named and pulls it right down. Maybe that was right? a baby tentacle. <laughs> yeah. Maybe there's yeah, different tentacles or, for different things. Or, or Lando tasted bad. Yeah. Uh, Whether, you know, the Sarlacc was busy. The Sarlacc was eating several weak ways and everything else. 
Weak ways are chewy. They take a long time to digest. No, no. Chewy was up there with uh, Han. (laughs) (laughs) So my big question with this is, does Boba Fett not remember getting out of the Sarlacc? That was my question. He crawled out and had his armor on. So why does he think it's down there? Wait a minute. Does he not remember being stripped naked by Jawas? That's something Uh, I think I I would remember. No, he he passed out. I'll I'll give give Boba this. I mean, I'm sure he fought and crawled his way out and he's exhausted. Who knows how long he's been down there, maybe or maybe not being eaten by acid. You know, by the time he gets out, he's just spent and, you know, the jaw is coming. Look, I, I've never been eaten by acid, but I've passed out before. Eating and acid? I would remember if somebody was taking my armor off. I've never been that messed up. Yeah. <laughs> I've never been that messed up that I wouldn't remember if somebody was taking my armor off. First, he died of embarrassment by getting beat up by a blind guy. And then forgetting how to use his jetpack and then getting eaten by a space bug. So then after fighting his way out, I'm sure he was just spent. It, it, it's he, his character, like uh, Boba uh, up until this point kind of like was, um, it was, it was weird to me. Cause like when we first get introduced to him in the Mandalorian, like at the, the end credit scene, he just walks right up and shoots Bib Fortuna. And then now up and then after that, it's that it doesn't feel like the, on this series up until this point, it doesn't feel like he's the same. He's the not same the character, same character that did yeah. that. And that's he's, what he's I was expecting more of that. That should have been the ending scene of book of Boba Fett. It should have been him going back to Tatooine and having saying, I want this and then taking it from Bit Fortuna and then walking in and shooting him in the head. What does he want? Because, because he's trying to rule with honor. He keeps saying, right. And, he, and respect and all this stuff. And now I think you can attribute a lot of that to his time with the Tuscans. Let's go ahead and, and say that he spent five years with the Tuscans, right? Four or five years with the Tuscans, that he came out of it as a more honorable person. I can totally see that, right? I can totally see that that is part of his character development, that he went and he lived with these. Listen, it's, it's 2022, but he still went and lived with the noble savages. I mean, he, still he went cliche. native. Yeah, he went native. And he comes back with a sense of honor and I don't want to do things the way I used to. I'm not the man I used to do be. But then the first thing he does is plug Bib Fortuna in the head. Well, I mean, he may still have beef with Bib after, you know, every after Return of the Jedi and everything. Maybe he blames or just, you know. I think he doesn't he doesn't want to be Java. Like the Domo is the crime lord. You're supposed to be the gangster. Like he wants to be Cobb Vanth. And I don't think they ever like figure that out. Like he's assuming this not till the end. Well, even then, like at the end, you know, when he's walking through and we'll get to it, but he's not the crime Lord. He's like, he's like the new mayor of Mosespa. The self, but, but at the same yeah. time, he keeps saying he wants to take over Jabba's empire and Jabba's empire is spice and hookers and yeah. gambling. It is criminal. It is criminal. And you know, that's, that's what, that is what Boba Fett is. That's what he's known. His entire life was, it wasn't Django kind of no. I'm trying to remember. He was bounty yeah, he was he was a bounty, was hunter, a bounty but hunter, but he wasn't like a terrible dude. Maybe he wants to be. You know, he's lived this whole life. He was just a simple man trying to, <laughs> <with> <laughs> to make his way through the cow. There it is. There it is. Yeah, let's face it. He's trying to pretend like he's a gangster, but really he ends up being the neighborhood watch, yeah. and he's got some like teenagers helping <laughs> him out. He's no Tony Soprano. He's Tom Hanks. Yeah, and then that's kind of the schizophrenia of the show. I think behind it is because I feel like it's 
part of the show really wants to go into, you know, the crime and the syndicate and all the, what it takes to be a crime lord in Star Wars. But at the same time, well, we want Boba Fett to be a hero and a good guy, but there aren't a lot of, you know, Tony Soprano nice guys. You know, we're not, you know, there, there's not a lot of, I mean, we can make them the protagonist, but they'll never be a hero. It's like Tony Montana, you know, yeah. he, he's that was- a compelling character, but he's not a good guy. I keep trying to get out and they keep pulling me back in. <laughs> Say hello to my little Grogu. No. And this is my fault. And that, that sounds dirty as shit. Um, and this is my fault. We forgot to mention the sexy, sexy Twi'leks back in episode oh, yeah. one, the, the, uh, the topless Twi'leks that work at uh, yes. Jennifer Do you, Fields do you want me to clean your helmet? Yeah. Oh, I thought that was going bad real fast. I was like, whoa. Also, like, Jennifer Beals does not really, like, I know she's got a bunch of makeup and prosthetics and who knows what sort of CG done, but she does not look she in looks her late awesome. 50s. She's, no, she looked great. She's looking good. Until until she didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and how about old Max, Max Rebo surviving the skiff? Good for him. Uh, Max Rebo is like Ke- Max Rebo is the Keith Richards of the Star Wars universe. You can't and he's kill playing him. Jizz now. <laughs> yeah, he's playing yeah. Jizz. Well, he's always Dan. been. Playing. Is that figure Dan supposed to be figure Dan yeah. with yes. him or what? Yeah. Is it? I think oh, he absolutely. Got to get to the gig. Do you know any other Jizz players? <laughs> yeah, there's the other two guys. I don't know their names. <laughs> But there's two others. Oh, and speaking of people who popped up, though, we did we completely glossed over the fact that Machete is now in the oh, Star Wars. Oh, uh, I, uh, I lost my uh, my name that Terry and I gave him when an episode came on. We called him Danny Keeley. <laughs> yeah. Danny Keeley. I, I want Robert Rodriguez out of this. Out of all yes. the Star Wars yeah. I, Going back to that last one, I mean, I would guess that a bunch of the mods are Robert Rodriguez, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, yeah. let's be fair, though. Every single episodes written by John Favreau and produced by John Favreau. This is Favreau's show. This is not Dave Filoni's show. This is not the director's show. This is John Favreau's show. He wrote every episode. Yeah, Filoni kicks in on one episode, but everything else is written by John Favreau. And I think all the credit and all the blame can be put on his feet. Like it's his show. It was it was uneven, I thought, but I still enjoyed it. I think these two episodes are very uneven. Oh. Now, we're going to get to Chapter 5, Return of the Mandalorian, directed by Bryce Dallas Howard, who's actually had a pretty good run of it yeah. on, on her work for yeah, Star Wars. Give her a movie. <laughs> I, would, I would not be opposed to that. Mando cuts himself with the Darksaber while chasing a bounty. Uh, he goes and finds the Armorer and is uh, challenged for the Darksaber by Paz Vizsla. Uh, he is told he's no longer a Mando because he took his helmet off. Uh, Din takes a passenger liner to Tatooine. I'm not sure why there are passenger liners to Tatooine. Again, why are these? Anyway, um, where Amy Sedaris convinces him to fix up an old Naboo one, a Naboo and one starfighter as his new ship. He takes the fighter for a real wizard ride. And then Finnick approaches Din about helping out Boba with the pikes. Ryan, what do we think about this turn where all of a sudden the show became something very different? <laughs> oh, I'm glad you came to me first because I was about to go on a rant and just interrupt whoever started talking. It was wizard. Okay. Stop trying to make wizard happen. I loved wizard. That was amazing. This is probably one of my biggest gripes about this show. And, uh, you know, whatever, Mandalorian 2.5, all those things people are saying. Mandalorian season two ended on essentially a cliffhanger, right? You've got Din with the Darksaber, um, Luke left. You've got Bo-Katan standing there. He's now technically the Mandalore. You know, he's got her sword. 
it's this big moment, you know, there's a bunch of tension and they completely cut away from it. Like narratively, it drives me absolutely insane. I mean, we'll catch up to it. Will we? Will they go backwards and show? I want to see it. I want to know what she did and how she left them. There's no way in hell she takes it because the last time she took it, Mandalore got purged. So she doesn't. She doesn't believe she can take it. I, see, I want to see that. Like, I think that's such an important part of this whole story. Supposedly, she may get her own show. So we we may find out. I think she was just so pissed that you know they both kind of turn their they both kind of turn their backs on each other. I think at that moment she knows she can't accept it because you know Din says I don't want it. This is you know screw this. I don't need this thing, and she can't accept that. So I think they just kind of you know he's like all right I'm gonna leave then, and she's like whatever get the hell off my shirt. They made it look like she was gearing up to fight him though. She she still may she still may. And like we did get like the one the one episode we got a flashback about uh, the purge on Mandalore. We still don't know exactly what happened, and I want I want answers. Yeah, that was a hell of a little vignette. Yeah. Can we talk about the fact that an N one starfighter is completely unreasonable for bounty hunting? Oh. Is he is yes. he, oh, yeah. is he still a bounty hunter? Obviously, he was at the beginning of this episode. He is. Yeah. He's the Mandalorian. I mean, I guess he's, he's still got a, yeah. bounty hunter. But he just, I don't think he's going to keep nuts. the ship because he makes it a point in saying, I'm, I'm still looking for a Razor Crest. So I think this ship will get him from A to B for a little bit, but I think he's going to get But it's got Razor a special Crest. seat for Grogu. Yeah. Well, it's, but it's impractical. I mean, for long voyages, you cannot just have like a tiny little cockpit. But that. But that button makes it go fast. Oh, it's real. It's real wizard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's got hyperspace, but you know, that button makes it go in fast. This, in this episode, though, he does show that he's willing to bring just a head I, back. Fair. So if that's all he's going to do, he could totally fit a head in that fighter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the very first episode, yeah. I can bring in warm or I can bring in cold. Yeah, I guess he's just doing cold now. Which What, what sort of father figure is that, that yeah, going to make well, him for Grogu? I mean, I guess if you're raising a bounty hunter, a great one. Um, I did really like that they did the stuff with Paz Vizsla, where they kind of went to some of the history of the Dark Saber and had him be like, "Yeah, that's mine." And Favreau voiced him too. Favreau did the voice. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Maybe the Dark Saber belongs in someone else's hands. Maybe. It was forged by my ancestor, founder of House Vizsla. And now it belongs to me. Because you won it in combat. That's right. And now I will win it from you. Do you agree to this duel, Din Djarin? I do. That fight was pretty good. You know, that heavy, a bunch of people have said about the Darksaber getting heavy and all that stuff, but it's that's in Rebels. Like, they talk about it. Yeah, that scene reminded me a lot of when Sabine was training with the Darksaber. Yes. I don't know. I, I really enjoyed this episode um, as Mandalorian 2.5, episode one. Um, but the question is why? Why divert the show? Why, like, why did this happen? I feel like. They knew that they had an uneven thing going on, 
And they also knew that they had an easy out and a way to give people more of what they wanted. I, I wonder if like the plan was always to have Mando show up. That's fine. To help out in, in like the, the, the big showdown at the end. Giving him basically two episodes to get it there seems excessive. I also say it's like uh, uh, at the end, like, you know, I'm jumping ahead, but they had to get Grogu there. But how do you get Grogu there uh, to use, uh, you know, use force abilities? You got to get him the shirt. How does he get the shirt? He's got to get Mando's got to bring it to him. Where does Mando get it? He has to get it from the armor. So they had to spend two episodes probably getting to that and fill in. And here's my question, though. In the book of Boba Fett, why the hell does Grogu have to show up? Yeah, I, exactly. I mean, well, oh, so Terry brought up a point that I did not get because I don't know anything about the Bible. The books of the Bible, it's the book of somebody, the book of Matthew, the book of Mark, but it's not about that person. It's the book of they wrote this and it's, you know, from their point of view, but it's it's not about them well, about specifically. Jeebus. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, knocking around the Jeebus side of things, but it's it's the book of the person who wrote that book or the book of the that right. point of no, view. So that brings up actually one of the notes I had. Is this show better or does it is it more cohesive if it's yes. not called Book of Boba Fett? Yes. Yeah. And they've easily could have gotten, you know, just had Mando show up and then the first two episodes of the next season of Mandalorian be flashback to, okay, here's all the stuff that he did. And then how much would we, would we be complaining that the first two episodes of season three of the Mandalorian are a flashback? Right. Well, I mean, I, I guess for me, it's just, it's a weird choice. Like you could have just had him show up and Fennec say, Hey, we need your help. And he goes, cool. And now you got Mando in your show and you still get that fan service of bringing Mando into the show without mm-hmm. without dedicating two full episodes we should probably go ahead real quick and just run down the, the next episode because they're part of a whole really oh i got a lot to say about that in the next episode yeah i have uh, i have notes so uh notes chapter episode. six from a desert from the desert comes a stranger uh directed by dave filoni Cobb vanth confronts some pikes uh tells them that he doesn't want their spice around no more uh din arrives on the planet where Whatever, where Luke is building his Jedi school. They still haven't named that planet, by the way. Where he's building his Jedi school that we will later see burned down uh, in the future. Um, t- Terry did point out that's how you get to Jedi school. Do you, do you take Pico? <laughs> um, <laughs> Luke trains Grogu in the art of floating frogs. Grogu remembers Order 66 in the temple and kind of sees who may have saved him. And they, actually, there's some clues there as to who actually got him out of the temple. Uh, Ahsoka convinces Din uh, not to go see Grogu. Um, Din leaves behind a gift for the little guy. Din heads back to Mos Espa to join Boba and the gang. He tries to get Cobb to uh, help uh, them fight against uh, the the Pikes. And Cobb confronts and is shot by Cad motherfucking Bane. And who might you be? Whatever Fett is paying you will match. And all you've got to do is stay put and let things play out. Hey, the marshal ain't for sale. (sighs) 
I'm sorry, I didn't catch your name. Is that friendly advice or a threat? Boba Fett is a cold-blooded killer who worked for the Empire. You tell your spice runners Tatooine's closed for business. This planet's seen enough violence. should have never given up your armor. And, and that was my reaction when I saw Cad motherfucking Bane. I was pounding the arm of my couch going, it's Cad motherfucking Bane! Uh, and then, uh, if anybody remembers this part, Pike, the Pikes blew yeah. up Jennifer Beals. It's <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah. the only main storyline thing that happens in that episode. And then uh, Luke presents Grogu with a choice. This is a lightsaber. Belong to my teacher, Master Yoda. And now, I'm offering it to you. But you may choose only one. If you choose the armor, you'll return to your friend, the Mandalorian. However, you will be giving into attachment to those that you love and forsaking the way of the Jedi. But if you choose the lightsaber, you will be the first student in my academy and I will train you to be a great Jedi. It was a dick move. It was kind of a dick move. So here's my question. Who is not going to show up in Ahsoka? Like, if, if we can get Cad Bane, like, who's not, who's Filoni not going to pull out of his hat. Everybody, I think, you know, we we talked about this when we talked about Star Wars Rebels on an episode. Like, eventually we're going to see most of them in live action. We're going to see Hera. We know we're going to see Sabine. We're going to see Hera. We've now seen Cad Bane. I have no doubt we're going to see Hondo at some point, right? Characters like that. We're going to see a live action Afra. I, I want them to put a big fake bushy beard on Tamora Morrison and have him be Rex. Like, if you think we're not going to see Ezra or Thrawn, you're kidding yourself. Well, no, like Ezra, Thrawn, and Sabine are like basically locks. But like, I just wonder, like, are we actually going to see the rest of the Ghost Crew, other than you know, obvious exceptions? I think I think we will definitely see Hera at some point. They have built Hera up to be one of the main characters in the Rebellion. And I think we will see her eventually. Well, and and Zeb's already gone off with his uh, boyfriend <laughs> to his home planet. So you, you're not going to see them. One thing we have to talk about in this, though, is um, the vast improvement in the deep fake of Luke mm. Skywalker. Well, the, yeah, they well, hired, they hired that, that guy who deep <laughs> Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so people who don't know, uh, after the season finale of The Mandalorian last year, and some people thought that Luke didn't look so great. Uh, a deep fake artist, and I don't have his name in front of me, a deep fake artist online put on YouTube his own version of that scene, and it looks so much better. And instead of suing him, Lucasfilm hired him. 
and he's the one responsible. And yeah, he's the one responsible for the look of Luke in this. And I will say, I thought he looked great. I really did. It's better, but the eyes, the eyes are still a little off. It's it's the best uh, like de aging deep fake whatever that they've done yet. Well, uh, other than yeah, I think that was better than the uh, the the young uh, Robert Downey. Jr. I was about to say that was pretty good. The young young Tony Stark and, uh, was pretty good. They also used a lot more wide yeah. shots of Luke. There well, there weren't as many yeah. as many. Yeah. Cl- there were close up shots, but I noticed they used a lot more wide and far away shots. Those close-ups are expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Money per frame that they're paying in those close-ups. Question for the group. When Luke was training Grogu and he was uh, doing the the training in the woods, did anybody else start singing Seagull Stop It Now? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. I I hummed it under my breath, but I didn't actually sing it. I sang it out loud. I... I don't know. I, I think these two episodes are both, in my opinion, I enjoyed them greatly. And I was mad at them at the same time. I loved them. And yet I sang Seagull Stop It Now while watching them. I, I wasn't mad, but at the same time, like, again, like, they're, they're, they're why this isn't, like, well, like, they're not entirely why, but they're like a big part of why this isn't like a good Boba Fett show. Yeah, why it doesn't work as a good series. I knew I should be mad that it was fan service and it was it should have made me mad, but at the same time I was going, Well, this if this is fan service, then service me up. It, it didn't Yeah. I'm a fan, I wanna be yeah, serviced. I, I mean <laughs> we, we got the we got Din running the Kessel run and now we got Luke again and R2. I I don't mind the fan service aspect of it. I don't mind these episodes. I just really do wish they were the first two episodes of the Mandalorian season three. Do you wonder if it's a situation like uh, happened with the prisoner back in the sixties where Favreau went, Hey, I've got four episodes of a Boba show. Disney knows. No, you need to be seven episodes or we're not. Well, we joked about this, and I, I've talked to some people outside. This is what would happen if you let me make a Star Wars show. Like, I would pitch it, and I would be like, yeah, it's going to be about Boba Fett, and he's going to live with some Tuscans. And then I start making it, and I'm like, man, I really want to see the Darksaber. So I'm just going to go ahead and add that in. Pencil that in. Get some more Luke in it. You know who we haven't heard from in a while is Cad Bane. Remember those Naboo <laughs> fighters? Throw one of those in there, too. Although, honestly, I really like, I feel like Cad Bane like, fits almost anywhere, especially in well, like a show about crime lords and bounty hunters. So. Oh, when, he walked, when he walked in, I was like, I saw that silhouette. I was like, oh, my God, that isn't. <gasps> oh, my God, it is. Well, no, like, I, yeah. I knew immediately. In fact, like I had a pretty good guess just from the uh, the title of the I episode. Yeah. For, and like West, Western tropes, like, oh, this a big badass is going to show up in the town and like, fuck, uh, excuse me, uh, mess... I love that they set up the, the dopey deputy just so you would have someone that was you definitely going to die. Deputy victim. I, I don't want to, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to get too far into this it, it, without, with, without acknowledging the opening scene of this was Cobb Banth. 
Oh, yeah. yes. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Deadwood. Deadwood and Justified. Yeah, I bad love ass. those shows. Justified is one of my him, favorite shows ever. Oh, see, I just wanted him to shoot them and say he was justified in doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I was I, I've never seen Justified oh. or Deadwood, but um, oh, oh, I oh, have to. So I know to. they Deadwood, exist. Deadwood is legitimately I, one I of know the Timothy shows. Oliphant from uh, Go. Yeah, that was a long time ago, Beth. Yeah, totally, know, totally I different. Know. Totally different. I saw, I, Go at, I saw Go at Sundance in 1999. That's how long ago that was. And, I saw and that. And like, That's oh, like referencing gonna... Timothy Oliphant from The Office. It's it's a different character. <laughs> yeah, is, no. um, him as Cobb Vanth <laughs> is is one of my favorite Star Wars characters. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and the, and and speaking of another Chuck Wendig reference, they've they've renamed it Freetown. It's no longer mm-hmm. Most Pelgo. Oh, was it Freetown in the book? It was. Oh, okay. It was. Yeah, and I want to kind of take back. I don't think Cad Bane counts as fan service because he and Boba have history, so yeah. it made perfect yeah. sense for him to come in. Well, with Star Wars, I would say this: there's there's a fine line between fan service and just continuity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like some. Well, like, and, and that makes sense. Uh, you know, we use this example all the time in Rogue One. The fact that it has Tarkin in it, and the fact that it has Bail Organa in it, that's just continuity. The Dr. Yeah. Evazan cameo is yeah. fan service. Yes. Right. And there's a difference between the two things. And so like Cad Bane showing up for most people, by the way, they had no freaking clue who Cad Bane was. No. Nope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He- it, it's not fan service for people who've only seen movies. And my husband is one of those people. And, and he asked me like, who, who is that? And why should I why care? Why are you so excited? <laughs> and, and I started telling him and then I saw his eyes glaze yeah. over after about half an hour. Terry doesn't care. No, Terry and then, care. and then like an hour later, I was still talking. I was like, wait, where'd Terry go? Oh, he's asleep. <laughs> but, but I would say just like with Black Santon, they did a really good job of establishing who he was in just a few moments. And you don't need to know who he is, to, like what he's from. You're just like, oh, he's Clint Eastwood. Got it. It's, uh, I mean, it, they did that they, again. This is where the show really leaned into the western half, and that that was such a beautiful scene at the end when he walks in. Yeah, and just I love why I love the fact that Ka- uh, um, Cobb knew he was outclassed. Oh yeah, he knew this yeah. was bad and yeah. tried so hard to save that guy's life. And they'd already like established Cobb is like a badass from like taking out four pikes at the beginning, like without breaking a sweat. But then like all of a sudden, nobody wears a hat like that. that can't shoot. Yeah. Like he Cobb Vanth is immediately scared, not just nervous. He's scared. And you can tell. Did Cad Bane walk there? Yeah. <laughs> we discussed this. You know, he yeah. waited. No, he waited till he waited till the sun was in the exact position and started walking. Okay, and then and then when it's over, does he just walk away awkwardly? Yes. Like, did he park like behind the mountain and he's gonna walk all the way back very awkwardly after he like murdered Look, a bunch of people? He walks around a building till it gets dark. I'm just, yeah. I, and I know, like, like you know, it's Star Wars. I get it, but it just seemed kind of like the it's in. We've established Freetown is in the middle of nowhere. Did he walk all the way there? Well, he's got boosters but, on his boots. Yeah, but again, that, that's the only way we get that amazing, very Western visual of Spaghetti the fuzzy Western guy. Yeah. yeah. So I know I just heard everybody say they didn't get mad at this. I got livid. <laughs> like, okay, so everybody knows Luke is my favorite character. Luke looked right. The character of Luke in this is completely wrong. 
Luke, that choice that he gives Grogu, one, is something that's established Luke wouldn't do. And two, going back, all the way going back to the original trilogy, like Luke picks his friends over training because that's who he is. Not only that, it does a disservice to the entire story of Anakin and Vader and all of it. Like the lesson of that was supposed to be the Jedi screwed up. Like the attachments and these choices is what's caused all this to happen. It's also just a bunch of bull because Luke's already training Leia at this point. Like he doesn't believe in this attachment crap because he's training her. Five years, Ben is about to be born. He's going to train him. And we know he didn't keep Ben from Luke and, or from Han and Leia. Like it read to me like, we want Grogu back. This is how we get him. And I hated it. So he's just going to send a half-trained Jedi who's learned a lot out into the out into the galaxy and just, you know, go nuts. And, Let, let's you know, not go- forget as well, y- Yoda, baby Yoda, Grogu is a toddler at best at this point. Right. And he's, he's, and making, so- he's saying he's got to make a life choice. He can't even speak. And he's, you know, it, it didn't it didn't read well for me. Ahsoka called him a Padawan, and yet he is he is a youngling. He is not a Padawan. He is a youngling. He is too young to make these decisions. And, and Ahsoka being there, so obviously Ahsoka and Luke have been Oh, I am out. so mad about not seeing I their am, meeting. I need yeah, that. Me- I need that. I that'll, need that'll happen that. in her I show. Think we're getting that'll that happen. I, that'll I'm happen sure it show. will, but I'm irritated that they know each other now and we didn't get to see that first. It, it, I kind of like that. I need that about your dad conversation. Yeah, there was Ahsoka and Luke. I love seeing them together, but I do want more of that. You've taught him well. It's more like he's remembering that I'm actually teaching him anything. Sometimes the student guides the master. The Mandalorian was here. As I told you, two share a strong bond. And you brought him a gift. Sometimes I wonder if his heart is in it. So much like your father. But I did not like the choice at the end. Because, one, I don't like Grogu coming back into the story, personally. But but I did not like him presenting the choice. I agree with that. I thought they got him personality-wise right. I thought they got, like, I thought he was fine until that. And I really like Well, to be fair, Luke doesn't really have a roadmap as to how to be a Jedi master and train. He's just got to do what was shown to him. And he was given that choice. And he's got like old books and stuff. I mean, if he's going off like old holocrons and books and stuff, like he's probably learning. And, you know, but but I agree with you. Ahsoka should be like, hey, the attachment thing, it turns out that doesn't work. Yeah, want to yeah. hear how your mom died? <laughs> this is yeah. how it she died of a broken heart. Yeah, I mean, I would watch an. Gary's right. I would watch an entire series that was just Luke and Ahsoka talking about, yeah. uh, just telling stories. Like it's just Ahsoka telling Luke stories. Oh, I would, I would, I would, I would just watch that. I mean, that scene would have been better if those useless force ghosts had shown up behind Luke and were like, whoa, 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 hold up, buddy. (laughs) We we may have gotten this part wrong. But I think part of the problem is the sequels. 
Yeah. Well, and this really smacks of them going, oh, you know, having that realization that you had, Chad, at the end of the season two of, oh, God, we've just set Grogu up to get slaughtered. We got to get him out of here. So quickly, though. That's what bothered me was that is that that we're already the Mandalorian season three hasn't even happened. We've seen exactly one and a half episodes of him without Grogu. Well, like when they when they first announced Book of Boba Fett, they said it was kind of confusing what they said. But like, I feel like they kind of always planned it this way to like have a big Mando tie in because they said it would tie into Mandalorian Mm -hmm. season three. I just, I don't, which is filming now, right? Like, I, I think they're almost done with it. Ryan's the one that does the news. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think they had to stop. I think they had to stop at the end of the year, be, like because of Omicron, or like pause for like a month. But yeah, I think it's mostly done. So did Grogu get saved by Barris? It's. It looks like it's Barris Ophi. Yeah. Yeah. Because I want to see that. I know. That would be, it's interesting since Barris was no longer a Jedi at that point. She's also no Jedi. Well, let's fold this all in till we get to chapter seven. I don't have a description of chapter seven because I just watched it. Um, but it is called In the Name of Honor. It is also directed by Robert Rodriguez. He had three of them this year. Hi, Cad Bane. Bye, Cad Bane. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think he's dead. I think he's he dead. He got stabbed Star through Wars. the hearts. It, this is Star Wars. You got stabbed in the it, chest. Darth Maul got sliced in freaking half. He's yeah. Dead. His little, his little <laughs> lights were still he on. Got, he got dead. Well, yeah. Okay. And I think so, I heard dead. A, I'm tired of Amy Sedaris. I'm sorry for anyone who likes her, but uh, I, I, like I her can't imagine that there's anything left of Tatooine after she's chewed up all the scenery. <laughs> I just, we didn't I, even I, talk. I, we didn't even talk that she has sex with Jawas. I'm, I'm no, uh, no judgment. No judgment. I did not patches. see the after the the mid credits teaser that uh, Chad saw, and and presumably everyone else saw because I was watching it very quickly tonight. There was apparently something that implied that Cobb Vanth might not be dead, yes. and it was justified. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Thank he's, you. He's- God damn you, Pete. <laughs> I no, thank you, Pete, <laughs> because I was very upset with the idea that that Cobb Vanth would have died, and it was just like, oh yeah, he winged him, and then oh yeah, he's dead. BT does. I watched that scene a couple of times. He just hits him in the shoulder. Right. Yeah. That's why I, I said he winged him. He hits him, he hits him in the shoulder, uh, and it, there's there is yep. a mid credit scene with like, and you'll notice like when Boba's walking around right before the end. Like, uh, he says the, the yeah, back to yeah. tank is occupied and that's who's in it. With the doctor, man. with the doctor from, uh, the, the mod lab, with the mod doctor, he's going to get all modded up. <laughs> he's probably going to get like a fuchsia buzz song or something for no reason. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I also don't like a dramatic showdown when there's no stakes. So Grogu and Mando being involved in a giant Rancor battle would be great if I knew that there was a chance that either one of them could die. And we know neither one of them can die. They're wearing Beskar plot armor. His head literally went in the Rancor's mouth. Exactly. Multiple times. Yeah, but getting to watch the Rancor go all King Kong on the I was, gonna, was, I, I was about to say well, King okay. Kong. And, the and that bothered me because, 
oh, wait, we don't want to destroy the town, except let me go get my Rancor. <laughs> that I will give you. Ever since episode three, we knew we were going to see him riding that Rancor. Yeah. I know. Yes. Danny Keeley, was, Danny Keeley yeah. brought the Rancor. And you know what? It looked it way cooler glorious. than I thought it was going to. No, the, oh. but the Rancor looked amazing. Yeah. And, and mm. I'm going to go back to Jurassic Park just because they could doesn't mean they should. Well. Dude, it looked we, fantastic. We got but... a kaiju battle in Star yes. Wars. Yeah, it was. It wasn't I a was... kaiju battle. It was. A, yeah. It was one monster. It was, it was, battling was, against was the, the robot. robot. The robot. It was yeah, kaiju's yeah. versus robots. It was Pacific Rim. <laughs> and Ryan, I gotta ask you: Do you think the Haslab for the Rancor was supposed to drop now? Because I think if it had dropped now, it oh. would have funded. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And yeah, if it had come, if it come with Danny Trejo instead of, or Danny Trejo and Malachi, yeah. should have been one. Of- yeah, because the paint job they did on they <laughs> when they finally showed the paint job on that Rancor, it was this Rancor. It wasn't the original movie yep. Rancor. Yep. Could we have gotten two cardboard backgrounds? <laughs> it was a good moment when, like the little, the giant claws reached out yeah. over the edge of the building. Oh. That was a good moment. I, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I'm all on board for the finale. I know some people hated it, and there's been. I was all on board. I thought it was fun. I just thought it was. I fun. didn't hate it. I'm just mixed. The thought that ran through my head was: ten year old me loves every minute of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was great. I don't know. You know, we we all we all lived through the Star Wars drought. You know, from from the mid '80s to the late '90s, we had really nothing new, and now we're getting weekly episodic shows. This is real deal Star Wars. We're getting a, like a, a weekly episode, and I'm not going to complain. This episode ended, and the very same day they dropped the poster for Obi Wan. Yeah. Yes. Right. And gave us and, we, out on and gave May us a date 25th. for Obi Wan. Right. So like it doesn't stop. <laughs> it's yeah. either they're I, either going to have a Star Wars show on or a Marvel show on. Those are the two things Disney Plus will always have going on at one time. On, and while on while I may be a little why I may come off as critical, it's it's because the bar was set very high. Like when Mandalorian was airing, I would watch Mandalorian on Wednesday night at dinner, and then Thursday night at dinner I would watch it again. Same with Bad Batch. If it was a really good episode of Bad Batch, I would watch it again. This Boba Fett, um, for the first three episodes, I would watch it Wednesday night at dinner. And then Thursday night, I'd be like, Peacemaker's on. Well, yeah, it's something competing for it, too. Well, I mean, Peacemaker's pretty good competition. But I like getting to see Karastin beat the hell out of the Trandoshans. And I like the fact that he looked beat up when he finally made it to oh, them. Yeah. Yes, I, I, really thought, I really thought he was going to die. Yeah, he looked like... Yeah, I thought he was not doing well. Uh, can, can can we also talk about like the the least the the least surprising uh, development ever? That oh, all yeah. the uh, all the all the crime lords uh, betrayed yeah. Boba Fett. Yeah, because because they, they didn't respect no, him. Because yeah, I wouldn't have him. thought that. Yeah, although I do love at the very end when we were seeing the Pikes talking to them, and we fly. I'm like. Fennec Shan's about to kill every person in that room. Oh, look, she did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but the question is, how did she kill them? Because you can see there's a roof on that building, and there were lasers coming. <laughs> she's a professional assassin. Have you not heard? She's yeah. a master assassin. 9,000 times. The other thing that drove me crazy about this episode is the continuing to fight the scorpion droids when they clearly have shields 
and it's not working. <laughs> yes. Like, Throwing me up the wall. I, keep rolling I, with it. That I will no, give everybody you. Everybody just keep <laughs> shooting. <laughs> keep shooting. It does nothing but keep shooting. I will, I will yeah, give but you I love that. The leaning into the, the Western trope of, you know, here comes the cavalry. Oh, look, cavalry's getting their butt kicked now, too. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. No, the people are afraid. But it's very specific when uh, when, he, when uh, J- Din says to the, the guy from Freetown, he says, sorry about the sheriff. And he says he was shot in cold blood, not killed in cold blood, shot in cold blood. That was the first moment I had hope. I do have like what like I enjoyed the the heck out of this episode. Great fun times. Uh, can Boba Fett use his awesome suit of armor to call his mm. shit? Yeah, where is? Because <laughs> you think he could. And maybe that would be more practical than riding a <laughs> Rancor into battle. It, it is how he took out that speeder gang. If he had just shown up in his ship and just started blasting yeah, people, he, you're he right. It would have been a lot more convenient. Yeah. yeah, it's supposed to have a slave circuit in it. Well, even if it doesn't, like, if he just gets it, if he just runs back and he had to run back to get the Rancor, he could have run back to get he his ship instead. Run, and he flew. Well, they, they did. And just killed them from the ground. Gra- to say that the shields were really powerful and energy weapons, kinetic weapons were having an issue. So the rancor was, I guess the only logical explanation. The end of this episode sums up the whole show because who is the last person we see? Cause it's sure not Boba Fett. Mando and Grogu. Well, like this is, this is the, uh, the, the Marvelfication of star Wars. Like, Nothing is going to be standalone. It's all going to feed into like the next thing. And like, I think like, I feel like at the very least Cobb Vanth is going to be a recurring character, like in like future seasons of Mandalorian, if not get his own show. Cause he, he made it a point to say he was the marshal. He showed his badge. They had a whole show lined up to be Rangers of the New Republic. We just tweak it now to Marshall Cobb Vance. Oh, oh give, inject I, that I into my pants. Yeah. Can we get Walton Goggins on it, it too? Yes, we have well, to. The, yes. the, bartender, the bartender from Freetown is Dan from Deadwood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, just, just give me all yeah. of Deadwood. Clear out. Take your hoodlum gang with you. I've known you a long time, Bobo. One thing I can't figure. What's your angle? This is my city. These are my people. I will not abandon them. Like the Tuscans. Don't toy with me. I'm not a little boy any longer. And you are an old man. I'm still faster than you. That may be. But I have armor. Let's find out. Uh, I really enjoyed it overall. It had, like we said, it, it, it had some pacing issues. Uh, but I think the way it tied everything together in the end, that last episode, I am very happy with the show. I don't. I feel like it was well worth my time uh i wish there they hadn't dropped so many plot elements i feel like like the tuscans or the 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 huts just going oh we're peacing out see ya um but i like those huts i like the twins i love them and I, it was just kind of weird like here's gonna be the big threat nope we're out see ya <laughs> um but you know and like we were saying there's some bits of fan service but it was most of it was i felt great fan service and 
we got Cad Bane in live action and he had the right voice. I feel like I said it earlier, like this was a really good Star Wars show and not a great Boba Fett show. Like it to the point where like I don't like it'd be cool like if Boba Fett shows up like in future seasons of The Mandalorian. Or like if they do end up doing a, like a Marshall Cobb Vance show, like I don't really need to like know too much more about Boba Fett. Like I, I'd watch a Finnick Shan show. I'd get excited for that. Uh, but Boba Fett's just you know, eh, he's cool and all, but like at this point, like I feel like we we got our, our Boba Fett closure. And we can move on to other parts of uh, the Star Wars uh, universe and storytelling. So, Mr. Reddington, you are notoriously anti-Fet. But where'd you land on the show? You know, I, I will never turn my nose up at Star Wars media. Um, going in, not a fan of Boba Fett. I understand there are different Boba Fetts. There's the classic Return of the Jedi, Empire Strikes Back Boba Fett. There's the animated Boba Fett. And now we have the Mandalorian Boba Fett. Yeah, the the comics too. There there are different Fets, and and my my real beef is with the movie Fet and the Fetty fanboys. Um, I didn't dislike it, but like others have said, I I think we're I think the Fet story has been told. Uh, I really really want to get off Tatooine. I don't think we need to go back. There's nothing on that planet unless its core is a Kenobi May twenty yeah, fifth. I know, I know. Unless its core is like a giant <laughs> kyber crystal, I think I think Kenobi would be the perfect show to end the Tatooine reign. It was it was a good show. It was fun. There were several things in it that the pacing was kind of off for me. Um, but I, you know, for the most part, it's a Star Wars show. I enjoyed it. I'm not. I I took it for what it is. Uh, I got to see some fan favorites, some fan service. Uh, you know, I enjoyed it. I, I love I love the Star Wars world. Uh, I love seeing it. I like seeing how they just uh, bring everything to life. But overall, on this on the whole book of Boba Fett, I just kept waiting the entire time for Finnick to like slap him up the side of the head because <laughs> she would like glance at him. He'd always make these just poor decisions. He didn't come across as someone that wanted to be a boss. I felt bad for him. Nobody respected him. Uh, the last episode, he's screaming, I'm here. I, I got to stay here and protect my people. And I'm thinking, what people? Nobody nobody cares about you in this town. And But overall, I enjoyed it. I liked it. I liked it more toward the end than the beginning. But, yeah, that's uh, – I'm happy to see it. You know, I'm, I'm going to go watch it again. But I'm I'm looking forward to the next uh, uh the Obi Wan and and Cassian and um well no Star Wars is bad Star Wars and I feel like my di- not dislike my ambivalence towards Boba Fett as a character throughout Star Wars history and and especially the Clone Wars actually the Clone Wars more than the original trilogy made me not care about Boba Fett, but uh, I'm not going to turn my nose up at any Star Wars that is given to me because I'll take it all. It's all great. But this wasn't the first three episodes were not really what I was looking for. And then of course it became an entirely different show. I'm just more looking forward to more things 
happening in the Star Wars universe, whereas I feel like this story has been told and I know there are people clamoring for more episodes and I've read that some of the people in it want more episodes. I, I feel like the story is done. Boba Fett is done more so than I needed him to be. His story is told and we can move on. And I'm really happy to see some of the things I saw in it, but now we can move on. And like Pete, once, once Obi-Wan is told, I, I feel like we should move away from Tatooine. There are lots of other planets where things are happening. There's a really good 12 episode Sands of Tatooine show in this show. It suffered, I think, from having a lot of good ideas that they didn't have the time to get into and that we didn't get to see partially because I think they were trying to check some stuff off to set themselves up for Mandalorian season three. And I think the stuff that's in there, you know, apart for some just weird visual choices are good. And there's some kernels of really good ideas in there. They just didn't let them breathe because they were trying to check off too much. Um, And, you know, whether that's the fault of, Disney telling them you can do seven or whether, you know, Filoni and them thought they could do it in seven. Um, you know, I, I wish they had stuck with that main story more. Even the parts I didn't like had some stuff in there. I'd have liked to see, but you know, overall, like everybody said, it's star Wars. And I watched it. Um, but it, like we've talked about with the sequels and everything else, it's a big galaxy and, you've got this time frame where we don't know so much going on and it's, it's time to move on for Star Wars. And I think where they're going to get poisoned, if they keep doing things like that, and what you're seeing on the internet right now is people have, people want, you know, if you read the predictions for this episode, it was Han and Kira and God knows who else. And so you get negative reaction when that doesn't happen and there's backlash of that. But, you know, judging by the show, Filoni and Favreau were kind of setting themselves up for that. Like you can't have it both ways and throw stuff in and then be negative when, you know, theories don't come true. You know, it's almost like the Mephisto problem. But, you know, I, I will say I, you know, I've never liked that as evidenced by the past two years. Um, but I think there's a good character there, and I wish we could have seen it more. This show's a mess. <laughs> um, the The writer in me looks at this show and says, "This show's a mess." Um, there's very little plot. the 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 flashbacks are sporadic. They're not even used in a um, any kind of formalized way. They're just kind of used when they need to be used. The diversion from one show to another, like I said earlier, shows in my opinion, a lack of confidence in the story. I'm slightly disappointed with the show. Um, I think it could be better. However, I agree with everything you guys said and the fact that I'm a Star Wars fan and it's a, I remember, I don't remember who said this, but when we recorded our episode about The Force Awakens, it might have even been Arian who said that it was a bad movie, but a good Star Wars experience. Yeah, it sounds like something I'd say. And that's what I feel like this is. It's it's not a good show. It's a mediocre show. 
But as Star Wars Entertainment, it was it, again, like Pete said, we've been through, through so much shit. <laughs> And it had to, does, I mean, have you tried watching the Ewok cartoon? Mm-hmm. That's what we were given, the Ewok cartoons, and they're unwatchable garbage. We, we were given so little that we, we would spend $35 at a con to buy a copy of the holiday special. Is how starved we were. So, of course, I love this. I love every second of it. But I don't think it's a very good show. And I think Favreau, I wish Favreau had had a writing room. And not just left to his own devices. I wish he had had a, an actual writer's room. Um, maybe he did, but I wish there were other names, right? Other writers' names on some of these episodes because that's where Lucas got into trouble in the prequels. It, it can't. It can't just be one dude. But at the same time, like I worry that from. <laughs> their uh, missteps with the sequel trilogy where they're like, I will just give everybody one movie and we'll call it a trilogy and it'll be great. And that didn't work out great. Now I worry that maybe they're going to like veer too much in the other direction where like, okay, John Favreau, you're our Kevin Feige. I'm used to mediocre star Wars. And you know what? I love mediocre star Wars. Because I just love Star Wars. Uh, so I, I enjoy the show despite some of my disappointments with it. Gary, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at Twitter at Gary underscore Mitchell. That's Mitchell with one L. Yes, Star Trek fans, it's my real name. Uh, and every other Thursday currently, you can find me on the YouTube as part of the American Sci-Fi Classics Tracks Thursday night quarantine panels. It's a live uh, convention panel uh, in the vein of the stuff we do on the classic track at Dragon Con every year, some of the people on this uh, podcast have been on that, and will be again, hopefully. Yes, indeed. I kind of want to come on and talk about Dracula. Uh, you're in. I kind of want to. I haven't decided yet. Okay. Well, I have a chair for you if I you want to be there. All right. I was sorry you were uh, ill the night I came on for the Lord of the Rings podcast. Or, Omicron. Or yeah, Omicron is a terrible thing. I, I've had it myself. Still dodging it. Still good, dodging. Good dodging. Um, social, complete social distancing is the way to go. Speaking of, Arian. <laughs> <laughs> social distancing champion, even before all this madness started. Uh, yeah, you can't find me because I don't go anywhere and do anything. It's it's just like that uh, 2014 hip-hop classic from Earl Sweatshirt. I don't like shit. I don't go outside. Uh, if you must, you can follow me on Instagram at, at such a lazy man for memes and pet pictures. I mean, I don't know why you'd want to. Uh, do that. You it's should good. because Whatever. he has great memes and pet pictures. Everyone follow him. Pete, how about you? Where are we at, Pete? Keith and I host a podcast called The Clown is Down, and I'd like to say it's a pop culture thing, but it's really just two 40-year-old dudes arguing about stuff and ranting. So it's kind of like two grumpy old men sitting on a porch. You can uh, you can find us on Instagram, Clown is Down, or uh, search us on Spotify, The Clown is Down podcast. It's a good show. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. And, and Keith, is there anywhere else we can find you as far as... Uh nice building things that you do oh uh yeah what's uh wood scrap ridge on uh instagram if you want to see or 
follow any of the uh, projects that I build uh, randomly. So, Chad, what are we talking about next time? Well, we've read some really heavy books lately. <laughs> um, a lot of death. Some of them, some of them physically very heavy, like Lesser Evil. So we're going to take what I think is a little, uh, at least a little more lighthearted trip. We're going to read A New Dawn by John Jackson Miller. Uh, it is a prequel to my personal favorite of all the Star Wars television shows, Star Wars Rebels. And, uh, and it's the story of how Kanan and Hera meet. And I thought it would be fun uh, to read that one. I've never read it. And, um, and we'll also probably talk a little bit about Rebels because it's a show that, as beloved as it is, kind of still gets lost in the conversation i think i didn't know you've never read it i didn't either well i have now oh okay i have now but i had never read it before this so and you like rebels better than clone wars no judgment i'm just i'm i'm saying surprise i'm surprised i'm well i'm right there i might like rebels more than clone wars okay i don't like anything more than the last four episodes of clone wars well i mean obviously like there are very few things in the world like maybe my children I would leave this show right now and never come back if you guys didn't say that. I would leave my wife for those four episodes. I'm just <laughs> saying they're they're the best thing ever. On average, though, I think Rebels is solid all the way through. Oh, I've got some qualms about season one and, and some droid issues. I like it from the very beginning, and um, there's no, like, Jar Jar episodes. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, yeah, we'll, so we'll talk a little bit about Rebels and we'll talk about how it all got started um, and, and kind of the the meet cute between Hera and uh, mm-hmm. Kanan. John Jackson Miller, who wrote uh, the last time we read him, he's, he wrote Kenobi. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us and we will talk to you all again very soon. You have been listening to a Needless Things podcast. You can follow Needless Things on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at NeedlessThingsPodcast.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh Uh-huh. So the fucking moon, right? I might go see it again this weekend. The moon's out there every night. You can can see the moon whenever you want. I know it's secret. Nobody wants to see this movie with me. There's there's a reason for that. I mean, Keith, do you want to go see this movie with me? I I, 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 If there was no uh, Omicrud, I would go. Omicron, Percy I-8. I know. We were in a theater totally by ourselves. I can't imagine like being in a full theater for this thing. It would have been amazing. That, now that that just surprises me. No one wanted to go see the moon attacking the Earth movie. I, it's because they've been lied to. And <laughs> Big Moon has been lied to them. We like to call those people moon apologists. <laughs>